0: Darkness. Darkness seeps and cajoles, slithers and slides, binds up, shuts down, suffocates and drowns. It crawls under and over, surrounds, even thrills, in an instant, locks down, manipulates, controls darkness. A spark, a glint in its tiny cuts through said darkness and lights up the room. It radiates, it shines, luminous and bright, light of the world, bringing hope, bringing life. The shadows dissolve as you walk in the room, resurrection power defeating the gloom. This is your birthright, the reason you exist, to go forth, speak truth, to move forward, to persist. Take who he is with you day and night, speaking of his goodness and fighting the good fight, to bring healing to minds and bodies and souls, taking what's broken and declaring it whole. It's who you are, who he made you to be, his likeness on display for all to see.
1: Yeah, that's right you can cheer <sighs> fantastic it's so good isn't it um, just to be together um, just to celebrate together to worship together to see baptisms people um, just taking that amazing step of identifying with what Jesus has done in his death and resurrection and saying that that's the life that I'm living in his death and resurrection amazing Um, fantastic uh, to pray uh, for Homes of Hope, to see them released. And we trust Empowered to see even more in terms of our witness. Uh, And by the way, there is a a, a leaflet on your seat if you haven't seen it already. um, If you'd like to support, because we're releasing Um, Homes of Hope to operate independently. They will operate. We'll continue to sow into them as a church, um, but they're going to operate independently financially. So if you feel stirred to support the work of Homes of Hope, they've got a new bank account. There's details on that leaflet. Take it away with you. Pray into whether maybe you could be part of supporting the ongoing work because we very much, we don't want to be like, bye-bye, Homes of Hope. We want to be, this is something that's birthed from amongst us. As a church family, Just, I see it the same as like if we were planting a church and that church was becoming an independent church, but it's still part of the body of Christ. So we want to really stay connected and bless the ongoing work of Homes of Hope. Um, you may have noticed, hopefully you have, um, a little bit of a theme around this morning, making um, Jesus famous, just in case you've never heard that catchphrase amongst um, King's Church. We even put it on flags around um, the, the building this morning. Although, depending on which side you look from, we've discovered there's like the normal version making Jesus famous. But if you're looking from the wrong side, it's like the Yoda version, which is like famous Jesus making. Um, LAUGHTER I don't know um, quite what went on with that, but um, but yeah, making Jesus famous—it's something that we've said as a church for a long time now. For you know, it's like even the people that go back donkeys years, like Simon at the back, um, (laughs) even he knows we've been saying making Jesus famous for a long time um, now. And you know, one of the things that we sometimes get asked. Um, When people hear that that kind of catchphrase, that slogan, making Jesus famous. Sometimes people say, well, isn't Jesus famous already? Isn't he already famous? Well, do you know, recently there was a piece of research um, amongst the UK population. And it found that only 54% of the UK population think that Jesus was a real person. We're not even like the son of God, um, you know, the one who's come to save you from your sins, or just a real person that actually exists. Um, Only 54% of the UK population. And actually, the challenge is on for us because that drops when you go to the younger age groups. So 18 to 24-year-olds, only 49%. It's now less than half of young people actually believe that Jesus existed as a real person. 20%... 20%... Now, this slightly encourages me because it's slightly higher than I thought. It's still not great, but it's slightly higher than I thought it would be. 20% of people believe that Jesus is God in human form. That, that, that's not as bad as it could be. Um, but only 6% of the UK population are practicing Christians. Um, that is... They, they had to obviously make a definition of practicing Christians so that the researchers said if you went to church um, once a month... Um, and you prayed, or uh, I don't know if it was or or and read your Bible, at least once a week, Um, then they counted you in that bracket of practicing Christians. Um, So they found that 42% of people would still say they were a Christian, even though only 20% believe that Jesus is God. So I don't know quite how that works out. Um, But only 6% of the population are practicing Christians. All this to say, I think there is still plenty of scope For us to make Jesus famous yeah if only half the population actually believed that Jesus was a real person and only 20% believe that he was God in human form and only 6% think believe that enough for it to translate into being active and participating in their faith then I think whatever people might have heard about Jesus they don't know the Jesus that we know They don't know the Jesus that we've met and encountered and experienced making a difference in our lives. But if the Bible teaches us anything, it's that Jesus wants to be known. God wants to be known. The story of our Bible is the story of a God who wants to be known. Who wants to have relationship with us As people, God created us, didn't He, to exist in relationship with Him. He created us to be sons and daughters and to know Him as a Father. Not a distant, far off Father that is removed from us, who's absent from our lives, but a Father who is present and engaged with us. A Father whose love we are assured of, that we can count on, that we can depend on, that we would not question. Does he love me? Is he proud of me? Does he care about me? Does he even know what I'm doing? But we would know a father who is present with us, who loves us, who is for us, who created us, and is throwing everything he's got at us to empower us and enable us to be who he created us to be. The Bible is the story of how from the very beginning we as human beings have rejected relationship with God. We thought we didn't need relationship with God. We decided to go our own way and do our own thing. And as a result, we have found ourselves one way or another on our own. On our own in a broken and messed up world where we can ultimately trace back all that is broken, all that's falling apart, all the war, all the famine, all the disease, all the, all the environmental chaos, everything that's going wrong in our world one way or another, we can trace it back to our rejection of God. Our rejection of relationship with God and whereby, whereas God wanted this perfect creation full of beauty and light and and goodness. Because he he started, the story goes, he started with this this garden, this perfection and he creates us as his children. And he says, now you take this, all that's good and beautiful and amazing about me and you fill the whole world with it. And we'll have a world that's full of my peace and my goodness and my love. And we call it the kingdom of God. And that was his purpose, that we would be a part of that, filling the whole world with that. But because we rejected it, we became isolated. We became on our own. We, we tried to do our best, but we kept making a mess of our world. And you look at the world today, and it is in a mess. But God is still reaches out to us. God keeps reaching out to us as human beings, determined that we would have the opportunity to have relationship with him. And so he came to us in the person of Jesus. He sent himself In the person of his own son Jesus Christ. In a way that that blows our minds and yet we happily accept. That God the father sends himself in the person of God the son. And God the son Jesus comes and is born into our world. And puts all that is good and amazing about God on display. The God who wants to be known comes into our world to make himself known he doesn't say study harder he doesn't say get yourself five PhDs and then you might just about be able to work out who I am he says I'll come to you I'll come to you and I'll live among you and I'll make myself known to you so that you can experience me so that you can know my love so you can know the difference that it makes when you live in relationship with me keeps reaching out to us. He keeps coming to us. And ultimately, Jesus gave his life on a cross to pay the price for all our rejection of God so that we could be put right with God, so that our relationship with God could be restored. We call it reconciliation so that we could be brought back into our true identity as children of God, that you could know God as your father. Not an absent, distant, remote father, but a father who loves you passionately, who is always with you, always for you, always calling you into your true identity as a child of God. Always with you, always saying, come on, we can do this. We can fill the world with who I am. We can bring the transformation that is needed. We can see the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our God. We can, in Jesus, enter into this kingdom here and now. Whilst we might wait for its completion. Whilst we might long, even as we still see the, the, the brokenness and the suffering around us. And though we are not immune from it and we experience it ourselves. Still as we long for this perfect kingdom, we can become part of it in the here and now. We can know him as our father in the here and now. That's what those guys were celebrating in that pool today. I've gone down into the water. I've buried my old life that was isolated and alone and apart from God. I've done away with that life. It's dead and it's buried. And I've come up to a new life. I'm living in the resurrection life of Jesus. A life in relationship with God because of what he's done for me. And because of that, my eternity is now secured. Because of that, I will spend eternity in relationship with God, my Father, who will never leave me or forsake me. What an amazing gospel. It is pretty good news. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's awesome. It's the best news ever. That what we squandered and what we wasted, what we rejected is still on offer to us. We can have a relationship with God. We can know him as our eternal father. And we can experience the difference that that begins to make in our lives. You know, sharing the gospel is not some onerous duty, but an incredible opportunity. It's an amazing gospel. I just want to tell you briefly about two opportunities we've got coming up um, to share the gospel that we can respond to in two different ways. Firstly, I want to talk to you about Revolution Youth. Now, Revolution Youth, oh, I heard a whoop over there somewhere. Revolution Youth is an amazing youth group that is run as part of our Eden Project. It's it's a lot of names, but it's part of our Wivenshaw community. Our congregation of King's Church in Wivenshaw is actively reaching out into the community through a project that we're partnering with called Eden. But as part of that, we run a youth group called Revolution Youth. That's all you need to know, okay? And Revolution Youth, week on week, is attracting 60, 70 young people, most of whom non-Christians. I think they were all non-Christians, but some of them have given their lives to Jesus, so I can't say they're all non-Christians anymore. Isn't that amazing? Fantastic. Uh, and that youth group is doing amazing things and, and reaching out to these young people. But we want to take them away this summer. Group of mostly non-Christian young people want to take them away to a Christian youth camp so they can experience Jesus. But to do that, we need your help. Okay? If you've got the email, you knew this was coming. We're gonna take another offering. But just to introduce this special offering, we're gonna play a video, and then you're gonna have opportunity real quick at the end of that um, to give again, okay? So if you want to do that, if you want to take part, get ready while you watch the video. The stewards can be ready as well. We'll take up um, our
2: special offering immediately after this. Revolution Youth is the outreach arm of some of the youth work that we're doing in Shore. Every single week we get about 60 or 70 young people coming to our sessions, playing games with us, eating food with us and joining in with some really fantastic quality teaching about life lessons. But best of all, every single week we get to share something of the heart of Jesus with these young people and off of the back of that we've seen a handful of these young people make decisions to follow Jesus, they've chosen to get baptised and they've started coming along regularly to King's Church Withenshaw. We are so excited about what God is doing. The next big thing that we are doing as Revolution Youth is we're organising a big camping trip to a Christian festival called New Day. New Day is an amazing opportunity for young people to hear more about Jesus, more about the heart that God has got for them, for us as a youth team to spend really intensive time with them building relationships. We are really excited, and we believe God is gonna move massively through this. But the reason I'm telling you about this is because we need your help. For each young person that we take, it's gonna cost us more than 100 pounds, because we've got to sort out ticket prices, coaches, tents, and sleeping bags, and all of the other things, as well as food for while they're there. Fortunately, we've managed to secure match funding, which means that for every pound that we're given, that will be doubled. Now, including gift aid, that means that if you can donate 10 pounds what we would receive is 25 pounds. If you're able to help give anything towards this, or better yet, even sponsor a child and hold a particular young person in your prayer, can you do that for us? You're able to give online on the link below. You can scan the QR code, or there should be some forms for you to fill in physically. Thank you so, so much for all of your support, all of the prayer that I know so many of you are absolutely covering this project in prayer. And we are really, really seeing the results of that. Now, John and
1: Jess, um, Jess is John's wife. John and Jess are away um, this weekend, so they couldn't be here um, or we'd have given them a big clap in person, Um, but let's honor what they and others are doing um, from our Women's Shore community and and get behind in any way we can. So we're just going to pause for a couple of moments that if you want to take part in this. If you want to give online, um, you can either make a bank payment and just make the, re- the reference on your bank, bank payment, Revolution Youth, or you can use our normal giving um, site, makingjesusfamous.org forward slash give now, and just select Revolution Youth from the drop-down menu so that it goes to the right place. Um, so we'll just pause for a moment or two just to give you opportunity for those that want to Um, to take part in that. As John said, um, because of the match funding and because of gift aid, if you're a taxpayer, £10 will actually be £25. Um, That's a quarter of someone's place on the trip. Um, He put it like that. I mean, I thought if you gave £100, that means it'd be £250, even better. If you, um, if you do want to um, give online um, but you're not ready to do that um, today, check back through your inbox for that email that we sent out earlier this week, and you should have the link um, to give in there. If you don't get emails from us, um, you either need to update um, your settings. Um, GDPR means we can't send emails to people that have opted out. Um, uh, or it may be that we don't have your details. You can go to makingjesusfamous.org forward slash new um, and we all, you can put your details in there. Okay, so I promised um, two opportunities um, to share the gospel. The second, very exciting, coming up on the 1st to the 3rd of July, Festival Manchester. Woo! Has anyone heard about Festival Manchester? Festival Manchester is going to be amazing. It's in Withenshaw Park, which is pretty cool for our Withenshaw um, community, um, who meet just around the corner from Withenshaw Park. um, And half of them practically live in the park. Um, But... It's not a with and Shore thing. It's actually a whole of Greater Manchester thing. In fact, we're aware that people from churches all over the Northwest are actually planning to come and be a park. It's going to be huge. It's the biggest free festival that Manchester has on offer. Okay, totally free. There's going to be a kid's zone. There's going to be a beach. There's going to be like a proper fun fair where all the rides are free. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Um, there's going to be um, loads of Christian bands, great music. Um, there's going to be a fantastic kind of party atmosphere in the afternoons, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But then in the evenings, there's going to be moving into more of a concert feel. There's going to be a skate park with amazing skaters, like world-class professional skaters, apparently. Um, I am I, thinking of taking part in that. Um, and, It's just going to be an amazing event. And all the time, all the way through the event, there will be consistent and persistent presentations of the gospel all the way through um, the event. So it really is a fantastic opportunity. Now, this week, Festival Manchester uh, are having a week of prayer and fasting. So if you're able to key in with that, festivalmanchester.com forward slash prayer. Um, You can sign up to take a slot. They're doing like 24-7 prayer. Or even if you're not registered, you're allowed to pray. Okay? So let's really be joining with our friends. This is churches all over the city joining together uh, as one voice to lift up the name of Jesus. It's pretty amazing. So um, if you can pray for that this week, that would be amazing. But also, if you go to the main website, festivalmanchester.com, and you click on get involved. We also need thousands of stewards. Um, we need what they're calling Festival Friends, which are people who are willing to like, talk to people that have given their lives to Jesus and take their details down and pray with them. Um, there's different opportunities to serve. So we'd love to encourage you to get involved. I've signed up every day. I'm just going to do a bit of stewarding, pointing people in the right direction, um, so we can all get involved and help. Okay, so that's going to be amazing. Bring your friends. Bring your colleagues. Tell people about it. Share it on your social media. um, Let people know. Help us to get the word out um, that this is going on. We've even put posters in the toilets. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen those. Um, We're trying the motorway service station approach. (laughs) Great. Okay, better read some Bible. John chapter 17. Um, We're just going to read a very famous passage, prayer that Jesus prayed um, shortly before he was arrested from John chapter 17. Um, I'm reading from the NIV. Jesus says, he prays, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world amazing this isn't it Jesus is praying for his disciples and he's he's basically he's kind of saying I've ruined them they're forever changed they're not of the world anymore they've seen who you are I've given them your word I've revealed the truth about who you are and now that they've received that truth they're not the same anymore they're forever different my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. I always find this truth, when I read this, I always find that astounding, that Jesus would say that we are no more of this world than he is. Because we think of ourselves as kind of like different to Jesus, don't we? We're not, you know, he's Jesus, and we're just, we're just human beings. But you're not just a human being, you are a human being, don't get me wrong. But you're not just a human being because this says you're not of the world any more than Jesus is of the world. Amazing. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is true. Jesus is saying make them holy by the truth about who you are. By what you've revealed about yourself. Make them holy. Set them apart. They're different now. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus is saying, I'm going through what I'm going through, and I'm giving my life on the cross, and I'm dying, and I'm going to be raised. It's all so that they can be made holy, so that they can be set apart for the purpose that you created them for. I'm giving my life so that they can become different. My prayer is not for them alone, in case we thought it was just those disciples that lived in Jesus' day. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus brings you into relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so that the world can believe in Jesus, who the Father sent, so that the world could know God. So that the world could believe in who God is. So that the world could know the God who wants to be known. That's why he has sent us into the world. I've given them the glory that you gave me. Wow. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The world will know through what I do in their lives, the world will know that you love the world. The world will know that you love the world when they look at these ones that you have given me. I've given them your word. I've shown them who you are. They've been totally changed. Their lives are forever different. And now I've sent them back into the world so that the rest of the world can know how much you love them. Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. You know, Jesus praised this um, incredible prayer in John 17. And there's so much that we could take a part in in this passage but he prays this prayer um, on the back of John 14 to 16 where he's been talking a whole load about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how much after he's ascended to be in heaven the Holy Spirit will come and help us as God's people to be everything that he's called us to be how the Holy Spirit will come and take all that Jesus has been making known about who God is and will apply that in our lives. He'll work in us and he'll transform us. He'll sanctify us. He'll he'll bring about transformation in our character. He'll produce fruit like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. He'll manifest those things in our lives. And he'll, he'll move through us so that we can share with people what God is saying. And he'll empower us so that we can pray for people and they can begin to experience something of God's almighty heavenly rule and reign breaking into our world here and now. Pointing towards a better future that is to come. The Holy Spirit wants to do all these amazing and wonderful things in our lives. I don't know if you noticed, Jesus didn't say to the church, I just want you to spend a whole load of time just, you know, like, you're going to be a bit sad um, because I've died and, and I'm not with you anymore. And, and Just take a few years and, and just work on how you're feeling about that. And I, I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't care about how we're feeling. I think he cares passionately. But, but he doesn't say, wait until you've dealt with all of that and then start witnessing. He says, we can work on all of that as we go. Yeah. We can work on the healing. We can work on the strengthening. We can, there's all kinds of stuff in our lives that need putting right, yeah? yeah? There's all kinds of mess, if we're honest. If we dig beneath the surface, if we go beyond the couple of hours that we spend together on a Sunday morning, most of us have got stuff going on somewhere. But he doesn't say, sort all of that out, and then I'll send you to be a witness, He says, I'll take you where you are, right here and right now, and I'll start to do things in your life that make Jesus famous. I'll start to do things right now, even in your brokenness, even in your challenges, even in your uncertainties, even in your doubts. I will start to move in you by my Holy Spirit. I'll take you where you are, and I'll start to make Jesus famous through your life. That's why in John chapter 20, 21 and 22, after Jesus has died and risen from the dead and he appears to his disciples and he says to them, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit because I am sending you into your world. I've shown you who I am. You've experienced me as your amazing father. And there may be more for you to learn. And there may be more for you to grow in. But I'm sending you now. There may still be character stuff that we need to work on. There may still be stuff you don't understand. But I'm sending you now. I'm sending you now. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Or my paraphrase, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will make Jesus famous. In Manchester and Withenshaw and Salford and Stockport and all of greater Manchester and the United Kingdom and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Our whole lives are about making Jesus famous. Now that research that I mentioned, um, don't worry, I'm not going to spend long in this at all, um, But that research that I mentioned um, that's been taking place recently, it's a whole project called the the Talking Jesus Report. It's a fascinating read. Loads of really interesting stuff there. Um, You can find it um, at talkingjesus.org. You can read through a whole report, loads of really interesting statistics if that's your um, kind of thing. Um, but I found this really interesting, something that came out in the research, because I've shared with you a couple of things that we're doing together, and we believe in you know, doing works of witness and evangelism together as the church, but I found this really interesting. Um, they did this research, and, and they found that about half of the UK population know a Christian pretty well. About half of the UK population. Now, that's a challenge to us, isn't it? Because... What about the other half? Let's start making more friends, yeah? We need more non-Christian. I'm saying that to myself as well. I'm looking at myself, and thinking, all my friends are Christians. What can I do to make sure I'm involved and in having non-Christian friends? Because we need non-Christian friends. But about half of the UK population who are non-Christians say that they've got a friend or someone that they're close to who is a practicing Christian. And this is what they think about you. They think that you're caring That you're friendly, encouraging, hopeful, good. And all of these positive aspects are all outweighing their negative impressions. That's really encouraging, isn't it? What's not so encouraging... There we go. What's not so encouraging is what they think about the church as an organization. Okay? About the church as an organization, it's some of the negatives like hypocritical and narrow-minded. They didn't think that about you, but they thought it about the church. Do you know that of those people that non-Christians know, 85% of them are neighbors, friends, relatives, or colleagues. 2% are church leaders. You cannot rely on church leaders... Or the church. They don't know me. And they think the church is rubbish. (laughs) The hope for your friends. Neighbors. Colleagues. Hearing the gospel. The amazing good news. That I shared with you again. And we all went. Yeah that's great. That's amazing. What an amazing. The hope of the people you know. Hearing that message. Is you sharing it with them. It's you sharing it with them in your challenges, in your struggles, in your imperfections. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have everything going right in your life because Jesus says, I'll take you as you are. I'll fill you with my Holy Spirit and I'll help you to muddle through as you are. We've got some prayer cards on your seats. Um, we'd love you to take those away with you. Um, um, there's space on there, on the on the reverse side, to write down the name of five people that you know. Now, these have been produced by Festival Manchester. Great if you can pray for them to come along to Festival Manchester to meet Jesus. But, but whether they come to Festival Manchester or not, I think it's a, a fantastic opportunity just to focus this again, to say, who am I praying for? Who am I praying for that they would come to know Jesus? Who am I consistently and persistently... Write the names down, stick it somewhere where you'll see it, or put it in your Bible, or or you can't put it in your phone, can you? Um, But, you know, make it your screensaver or something. Um, But bring it before you regularly and pray for those people. You know, if we would all pray regularly for five people we know to become Christian, I mean really pray and consistently pray and not stop praying, I think we could see hundreds of people coming to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in us to make Jesus famous. The pandemic was tough. And it shook us up in all kinds of ways. And it kind of messed with our lives. And we're still trying to work out what the next season looks like. And we've got our maybe our hurts, our disappointments. We've got our frustrations. People are working out, you know. What does church look like in the next season? What does career look like in the... It's just shaking everything up, isn't it? And we're still trying to work all of those things out. But I don't believe that God says, well, just wait until you've worked everything out. The Holy Spirit is with us now. And in our working it out, in our trying to wrestle with all the questions that we might be facing individually or corporately or together as a church in our communities in all our ponderings and our wonderings and in all our working out what's the next season look like for me as an individual, for my family, for our church community, could we commit to keeping making Jesus famous at the center? Could we build our lives around that mission to say whatever we do, as we grapple with how we think church should be, as we grapple with how we're going to organize our lives, as we grapple with our priorities and our family, as we ponder and we listen to God and we talk together, could we at least make that decision? Making Jesus famous will be at the heart of it all because he gave his life for me and he brought me into his kingdom and he sent me into his world So that I could make Jesus famous. So that people could look at me and see something of the Jesus who sent me. And that as they meet Jesus, they will meet God as he truly is. That they will get to know the God who wants to be known. As we work out how to move forward, let's remember to center it all on making Jesus famous. Amen. 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 God bless you. See